everybody, welcome back to Fundamentalist. Happy New Year. Um, what this is episode 14? Yeah. I don't know how to count. Yeah, it's 14. 14. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I hope it really everybody is. Has it's like six. I now I don't know how to count. Five months? Four months? Five months? We started in August. August. Yeah. So January. I think we started like end of August. So end of Jan will be five months. That's kind of crazy. We should have like a, a little anniversary. A party. <laughs> we should have a little party. All of our listeners, you're all invited. <laughs> a little Did you party. Family? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was gonna say. So I hope everybody had um really nice holiday break wherever you are. I did something fun for New Year's. Yeah. And if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry belated Christmas. Hanukkah. Um, this week's topic is going to be more of a rant. Yes. Um, courtesy of Mac. <laughs> Long overdue rant. Long overdue rant. Yes. Um, we've actually been putting this episode off for a bit because, one, I felt like I didn't want to add to the million, millions of voices that were already out there yeah. condemning the recent acts of terrorism. Yeah. Um, one, because everybody's doing it. I don't. I shouldn't need the. I felt like I don't need to explain that I condemn these acts just mm. because I identify as Muslim. Yeah. Two, every people there's a million more people that are much more articulate, much more informed than I am. Yeah. So let them have their peace, but way too much has happened since then. Yeah. And I feel like well, we both felt like it's time to really sit down and talk about what the fuck is happening. Yeah, and so, I think I think we did like a quick piece on Saudi a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. Um, but you know, I think at this point it kind of spans just being a Saudi and Muslim problem. Um, yeah. and just for some context, we're basically talking about San Bernardino, Paris, the Saudi executions. There seems to be like this overarching theme in recent global events around um, terrorism, gun violence, um, mm-hmm. and just like these political forces at play that don't take into account uh, stability or safety or any of those things and just focuses on propaganda and money. Right. Um, and I think part of why I had kind of put this off, like we're recording this now in January, Paris right. happened in October. Was it? It was, like, right before Halloween, right? San Bernardino, yes. No, no, Paris. Because Paris happened first, then Paris San Paris happened right before, yes, 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 you're right, sorry. Yeah. Paris right, happened right before so Halloween. So it's, it's been you're a right. long time, and I think I've been consciously putting this off, um, partially because of what Faiza said about how there was so much rhetoric already, and so many people were talking about it, and I didn't necessarily feel like I had something new to contribute. I hope mm-hmm. you guys can't hear my niece screaming bloody murder in the back, by the way. <laughs> If you can, happy new year. Um, it's bath time and it's not going over so well. Oh. Um, so part, part of it is I didn't feel like I had anything new to contribute. And part of it was also, I'm so fucking overwhelmed, right? You have like all these right. emotions about all right. these things that keep happening. And on one end, it's like, okay, I shouldn't have to condemn just because I'm a Muslim. But on the other end, I should have to condemn because this is like Islam. And we really have to stop saying it's not Islam because... 
And part of it is like it's become like an epidemic, and like once you stop. wrap your head around one event, something else happens, and you I you can't unpack your feelings quick enough. You cannot. Right? Um, because that's so true. Yeah. It's just one after the other, and you don't know how to explain it away. And there's anymore. so many I can't layers explain it to away it. Anymore. There's right. so many yeah, layers. Right, so it's exactly. not like if I conquer one layer, then there's like all these other layers of shit underneath. And right. I'm like, well, I didn't even think about this, and I don't know how mm-hmm. to feel about this. And I just, right. just want some chai, and I want to go to sleep because it's too much. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I think especially for friends of mine that are practicing Muslim, I think it's very hard for them to like practice, feel feel good about practicing yeah. and then take, you know, and then look at and then talk about these events. It doesn't have it's not in a vacuum, right? It's yeah. not this isn't occurring in a vacuum. These people claim to be Muslim um and they're doing it in the name of this religion. Yeah. And we can sit here and condemn all we want, but there also needs to be some serious action taken. We can't, we can't look away. Anymore. Yeah. Well, I think what was really heartening, um, or the slight silver lining to these recent events in particular, starting with um, the Paris attacks, was for the first time I found people really speaking out against. Um, Saudi's role in all of this, right? Like, we talk about ISIS like it's a standalone entity, and it's not. It's been funded Mm -hmm. by Saudi. Saudi effectively practices the same brand of Wahhabism, right? And nobody says, and we've ranted to no end about this before, but nobody really holds Saudi accountable because Saudi is a bunch of bullies and they have all the money and nobody has the balls to do it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I have the balls to stand up to Saudi. I don't. But I'm also Mm -hmm. a non-entity, so I could sit here on my podcast and scream about them all I want. Um, But this was the first time that I actually saw people, um, you know, major thinkers in the Muslim community and, like, non-Muslims who are... um, not Islamophobes, but speak out on Islamic affairs, just saying, you know, yeah, we can, like, cry about ISIS, but the real perpetrator here is Saudi, and we need to hold them accountable as well. So I think we're really quick to be like, you know, this isn't Islam and this isn't Muslims, Um, but I was reading, there's a a center in Jordan, which is called um, the Royal... Royal Islamic Strategic Studies Center, and they publish this uh, list or like this book every year, the 500 Most mm-hmm. Influential Muslims, and they st- did a study on terrorism, and it was something like nine to ten percent of Muslims identified with like and Wahhabi for- beliefs. That is a lot billion? of people. Ten yeah. percent yeah. of one point. What are we at? One point six billion. One point seven billion. We're not talking about 10, 20,000 people in remote corners of the world, right? Like, and I think you and I have spoken about this before, too. We mm-hmm. always thought it was a larger number, but we had never been able number. to quantify right. it. 9 to 10% is a lot of people. Even if that's a conservative estimate, like, I don't know. Um, right. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing is that. Data research process. How many and I don't of these, know how they came up how with do that you number, access but, those people? I wonder what their sample size was. That's my question. And, where, and from where? But, um,. Right. Fair. And also, like, not everybody who holds that belief is going to go join ISIS, right? But I think that's also problematic. Like, if you think stoning a woman is okay, even though it's nowhere in the Quran, I think that's a little problematic. It's probably the most inhumane form of torture or punishment you can ever come up with. It informs those beliefs, right? It fuels that fire. But for people who aren't familiar, Wahhabi is pretty much the most... 
do we say this? Like conservative, the most fundamental so this um, school of thought. It's very literal. Yeah. No, um, and this report actually defines it as a literal literal interpretation of Quran and Hadith, which um, is a collection of the Prophet's sayings and his actions and his teachings. Um, with and this is the part that blew my mind with skepticism of the role of human reason in theology. Jesus fucking Christ! Isn't that explains that crazy? a lot. Crazy. That explains a lot. Isn't that terrifying? But exactly, that explains human so much. Reason, That's yeah. what informs like Saudi's entire body of mm -hmm. law, and I use body of law very, very, very loosely. Right. Um. So yeah, you may not be the one doing these public executions, doing these public floggings, doing these public stonings, um, but if you agree with it or if you condone it, then you know you're a follower in my eyes, right? Right. Or I mean, the fact that it's a it's skepticism of human reason means you follow it blindly, right? Yeah. You have you don't have any critical thinking skills when yeah. it comes to your beliefs. Yeah. Or you don't employ fact, critical your, thinking skills you're um punished for using your critical thinking right you're punished for questioning you're punished for um not following it blindly or trying to think through it or reason through it how it's so ir irrationally rational yeah. <laughs> like it just makes no sense like all right i'm gonna follow this blindly and not have to think about it but it's also like the quintessential way to run a cult mm -hmm. right isn't that how oh, all yeah. cults yeah. it's you rely strictly on this brainwashing. You completely right. discourage anybody from thinking, and um, you equate thinking and questioning to be a sin, which is exactly what we have done in our society now. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm not shocked that it's at ten percent, right? If your yeah. alternative is I'm going to go to hell or I should believe this, like I'm not shocked that people are like, all right, yeah, cool, I'll believe it because I don't yeah. want to go to hell. Yeah, it's fine. Really fucking scary. Yeah. Um, so we had like this stuff with uh, the horrific Paris attacks, and then later the um, San Bernardino the shootings, yeah, yep. in San Bernardino. And I don't know if you heard, um, there was a lot of Muslims who were trying to push this conspiracy theory. Oh yes, idea. I'm well aware. I'm well aware. It's fantastic. That was a really fun time in my life. Those few I'm days. well well aware of the conspiracy theorist. Whatever. I just I part of me wants to be like to address it and the other part of me just wants just I can't I can't here's here's my problem with it I am not by any means a blind supporter of the government I mm -hmm. think history has shown that time and time again um, large powerful governments abuse their power and right. um, you know they always have like kind of clandestine programs covert programs and they do a lot of shady things and corrupt things um, and the story that we are told is more often than not not the true story right, right. that's all a given I'm not questioning any of that but I think when you try to find these conspiracy theories just to victimize yourself um that's what kind of makes us that's what really illegitimizes our like muslims in society right so one of the big selling points of this conspiracy theory or one of the big talking points was oh you know two or three witnesses says said they saw three guys in you know full mm -hmm. all-out like swat team body armor so how are they pinning it on these two individuals and it's like let's think about this rationally Two people said they saw three individuals. Well, Thirty other people said they right. saw this couple. And, like, 
it just doesn't make sense. When you want to believe something, you'll try to find any connection that you can to it. But at some point, like, you have to take, I won't even call them facts, right? Because unless you were there, they're not facts to you. But you have to take kind of the most rational, the most popular opinion. And you can't rely on these two or three viewpoints to override what 30 other eyewitnesses right. are saying. Um I don't know, and that that conspiracy theory talk really bothers me because there's enough actual nonsense in this country that we should be addressing, like the Islamophobia, the very real racist rhetoric, the right. Donald Trump, the general Republican Party, like that enough is public and very real and it's enough for us to address. I right. don't see why we need to come up with like these bullshit asinine theories to kind yep. of throw into that mix, well, what about this? And, you know, it just... Right, it absolutely undermines any credibility, and like you said, the, it doesn't matter if this. It doesn't matter if it was some great government conspiracy. People are still fucking eating it up, right? Yeah. We have a real problem when it comes to there's a, you know a ridiculous uptick in crime against uh, people who look Muslim because yeah. people are attacked as well. Anybody who looks brown. Um, Donald Trump is still rising in the polls, even though he's been supported by the KKK, and there is really an actual. Fast. Um, white supremacist, right, white supremacist who is campaigning for him in Iowa, going door to door, begging people to vote for him. Yeah. He, you know, there's a there's a problem here. Whatever your beliefs are when it comes to the San Bernardino shooting, we need to fix whatever is going on, and yeah. we need to so show some fucking solidarity and save some face. And whether you believe or not that they were connected to ISIS, the fact remains that the next day, ISIS was like, oh yeah, we're so proud of them. Yeah, <laughs> well because done, the thing guys. is the thing, right? This is why ISIS is so... This is why ISIS spread like wildfire, because one, they're incredibly social media savvy. Yeah. Two, their call was stay wherever you are and do whatever you can. It's li literally what they said. Yeah. Stay where you are, do what you can. Yeah. So they don't need to do what Al-Qaeda did, which was like bring them to training camps and like and load them up with weapons and boot camp and training, do whatever. whatever. You no, they want. need to do that. Enough material available for you to learn the ropes. Right, which do comes back to the gun control issue. Yeah. Now that you have this decentralized terrorist organization, sleeper cells all over the place, why yeah. the fuck was it so easy for them yeah. to get guns? And Why the fuck is it easy for anybody to get guns yeah. in the first place? Why do we need semiotic weapons being sold in Walmart? Why is that a thing? Yeah. Why is this necessary? Absolutely. And it's it's terrifying, right? I think terrorism on any level is terrifying. But to your point, when you don't even need to be formally a part of a right. terrorist enterprise and you can literally just sit at home and be like, I like that dude. I think I'm going to yeah. copy what he's saying. Right. That's really scary because that's so hard to root out. And mm -hmm. I think our only way of rooting it out is to put like tighter controls on gun control. And um, Obama's um, press conference about the new gun mm -hmm. legislation a couple, what was it, last week? It was last week, yeah. That's exactly what he was saying. He wasn't He's not making it impossible. It's just about putting smarter controls on it. Like, right. why is there not a back, a very strict and thorough background check and process? Yeah. It, like, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it aside from money. That's right. it. Right. I mean, it's the, it's the NRA because they are a bunch of crazy fascists themselves. They're insane. The president of the NRA is a crazy person. Yeah. Why is it harder for women to access healthcare, repro yeah. healthcare, yeah. than it is for me to go get a gun. Yeah. It makes no yeah. sense. It, it makes, makes no sense. sense. And it it's really, no sense. really scary. Yeah. Um, 
And the other thing, my sister had made a good point where she was like, it's, you won't see it so much in metropolitan cities, right? It's going to be, it, there's a lot of tighter controls, there's a lot more police presence, but we're going to, this scary thing is, and she had said this actually a week before San Bernardino, was like, it's going to happen in these smaller communities where people aren't really looking for it, right? Yeah. Because why would anybody think San Bernardino, uh, what was a Department of Health holiday party, why would that be a target? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that it's going to make people hype. That's probably why there's an uptick, because now you're just like, it could be anybody. It could be anywhere. Could and be I remember anywhere. it happened like a couple weeks right before the holiday season was kicking off. And it, I was going to like our holiday party and I was like, this is a little scary. Oh, Should I, I go? I'm and that's more scared than I was at, right after 9-11. Yeah. And I, uh, part of it is because I'm in the city now, right? So I commute, yeah. I commute back and forth or walk around. But it, I, a week after, it was a couple of days actually after the Paris attack, and I was walking through. I ended up in Times Square, which is awful yeah. in general. Yeah. But I remember being hyper aware of everybody yeah. around because it was right by the, ho- you know, around the holiday time. Mm-hmm. So there were a million tourists, whatever. There was a lot of police presence, but I was still mm-hmm. like, if anybody tries something and there's a giant crowd, yeah. How long will it take for them to stop them? Well, that's exactly it, right? Like, anybody can go anywhere in the public, and Mm -hmm. the government only can do so much to protect its citizens, right? It can't have armed police, you know, escorting everybody in Times Square. (laughs) We don't have armed police um, looking through every bag or, you know, metal detectors in subway stations or at Penn Mm -hmm. Station. Have you seen Penn Station at rush hour when, like, there's a mass exodus towards the platform? It's very easy for some crazy person to go there and just unleash absolute terror and that's where like the background check and these tighter gun control legislations really come into play because what's the alternative what other control mechanism can we put in place nothing nothing yeah i think it was maybe hassan the journalist who put up um i think he tweeted it out or he put it up on his facebook but the um Oh, who? Somebody, somebody put it up on. I'm so bad at Twitter. Somebody put it up on Twitter where they um, basically compared the deaths like caused by terrorism, caused by since like the 1960s, the de- deaths during war, and the deaths, and then and then comparing it to like how many people have died from gun violence, mm-hmm. and it is astronomical. Yeah. Yeah. It is astronomical, oh, the yeah. numbers. I'm going to try and find a flick on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, um, I saw an image from Newsweek, too, showing, like, the number of mass shootings in America just in the past three years. Mm-hmm. The, I would say maybe, like, 75% of the country was covered in red dots. Yeah. Yeah. And it happens, in... like, the stats on it are mind-numbing every week for the past, like, three years or something. There's been some form of mass shooting in the United States. and Yeah. And the there's uh, and there and the thing is uh, I mean you can't say you can't show studies and statistics for pe- to people who are anti gun control because obviously they're not operating on in 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 the real world. Um, yeah. But and you uh, also can't show it in a vacuum, right? And I'm right. I'm cognizant right. of but that. But Connecticut and Colorado, after they um, implemented stricter gun control laws, saw a drop in gun violence. These, really? Yes, they did. Um, states where they they had l- loosened their gun control. So there, after Sandy Hook, there was a response. Either states had tightened their gun control laws or they loosened them even more. So the states where they loosened them and then it was open carry or concealed carry, you could bring them on campus, all of those states actually showed an uptick in gun violence because most of the time gun owners are shot by their own guns. Yeah. It usually happens in their own home. Yep. Yeah. 
And so all of us talk about, I want to be able to protect myself if there's a mm-hmm. shooting. Like, yeah. forget it. It's not about preventative violence, yeah. right? It's never yeah. about preventing these acts from occurring. Right. It's about reacting. Right. And that's the problem. Right. It's that we are so But also, like, what are the stats on people who have actually used their guns to successfully protect themselves from a home invasion? Right. Right? How many times has that happened? I'm not saying it's not a valid reason. I'm sure it is. And if I lived, like, somewhere in the boondocks on some standalone farm... In the middle of the night, I would probably want that safety as right. well. But I just want to know what's the actual number of people who are I, confronted with that. Right. And it's not like anybody's coming into your, like, these laws are going to be implemented and people are going to start coming, police are going to come into your house and take your guns away. As long as you have them legally and you've had the proper background checks and you are licensed, Documented. you yeah. will still have your ridiculous gun collection, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about making it a little harder to get it. Yeah. Which isn't going to, and making it a little harder, like, they're going to just run a background check like they should have been. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little more conservative than that, even. Like, I think the background check is necessary. I also think we should completely ban semi-automatic assault, weapons. Yeah, assault weapons? Why are they on the... No, re- literally no reason. Why? To what? use a BB gun. <laughs> right, and then, you know, a lot of it's like, it's just like, you know, it's just the reason people like using them, it's because it's fun and cool. So go to That's a crazy. shooting range. That's crazy. And use them there. That's like me saying, I don't want a car, I want a military tank right. that shoots right. out cannonballs because it's mean, fun. I mean, that's essentially what it is, right? It's that's exactly the, that's what the, it is. Uh, that's the analogy you can drag. It's like, I would rather, I want a giant fucking tank. I want tank. a weapon of war right. because my uh, Civic just, it's not really <laughs> fun anymore. So. Because I think it's cool. Yeah. I want that adrenaline rush. It's crazy. Um, I want to also touch on the Saudi insanity. Um, oh, yeah. Which is separate in part from ISIS. But um, Saudi Arabia, champion of human rights and <laughs> permanent member of the UN uh, Human, human rights, rights Commission. Yep. Council, yeah. Um, recently executed 47 individuals. I want to say they were all Shia or predominantly Shia. Yes. Um, and one of the individuals was a very nonviolent, very Shia well cleric. known, yeah. very loved, yeah, Shia activist cleric, Shia nonviolent activist mm-hmm. cleric who has been um, critical of Saudi's policies against Shias for quite some time. And they straight up in the middle of the night um, executed him. No. You know, the After trial protest, was completely, some, yep. yeah, it was a complete facade, a complete joke in the face of law, even by Saudi standards. Um, and it has uh, been a very divisive, divisive event in the Muslim community globally, um, sparked this huge beef or um, they've always had beef, but added a new level of insanity between the ten- or to the tensions between Iran and Saudi. They've officially cut government ties, um, and now the Muslim world is kind of like, there's a chasm happening, right? So right. who's siding with Saudi, who's siding with uh, Iran? Um, Sudan and the UAE have already sided with Saudi. Saudi has declared it's going to stop issuing um, sh- uh, visas, Hajj visas for Shias. Okay. Um, they yep. barely gave them to them in the first it's to place. Begin with, so. To begin with. Yeah. Um, also, maybe it's good she has, I don't know if you guys caught the last Hodges, kind of a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> People died. This is also know. true. Well, yeah, they might, might either execute you or you get stampeded. So yeah. take your pick. Take your pick, darlings. Um, and it's just, like, I can't say it enough how mind-boggling it is that Saudi is 
a still so closely aligned with the united states and you know that fucking oil money bro we see Israel doing these horrific things, like flagrantly violating oh, yeah. international humanitarian law. Mm-hmm. And the, U- the U.S. kind of just stands there and says, you know, we re- respect their right to defend themselves. And the same thing is happening now with Saudi, except Saudi's not defending itself from anybody. Saudi's right. just doing and whatever then, F it wants, but like the, always. the Muslim response is so different, right? Because it's not like Saudi, this just happened. Saudi's been doing this for years for decades right but it's the it you know israel is the other so of course it's a much easier target it's a much digestible it's like you know it's it's an easier enemy to identify muslims don't know how to act with we don't know when it when it comes to saudi it's just like it's like dead like what the fuck yeah dad like what do you do right can i just ignore you while you start doing this and that's yeah. the sad part is I think a lot of Muslims just kind of turn a blind eye because they're like, well, I want to go to, I want to go for Hajj. I want to go to Mecca. Like, I want to. Faisal, if you think about it, what do you do? Like, this is Saudi Arabia. These are the keepers of the, like, mosque. This is the community in which our prophet came down. This is the community in which our message came down. Stop going. Please stop going. Hajj aside, I'm just saying, like, if you think about Saudi's position in the Mm -hmm. global, not only in the Muslim history, but in the current Muslim society, it's just, I'm at a loss for words. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm amazed that they're able to do this in 2016 in the society in which we live. Um, I'm amazed that, like, God's wrath hasn't come down on them, right? Like, I feel like this is one of those Quranic or biblical story type situations where God is just going to open up the earth and I don't, kingdom I don't, of I really South don't will know. just be swallowed whole. Yeah. But the thing is, like, we just need to recognize that hypocrisy there is rampant, right? It's insane. The, whatever holiness, whatever, I don't know, like, it's just, at this point, the way they're behaving, what they're doing to the city is just sacrilegious. Like, that is just... Absolutely. And the way they behave on an everyday basis, right? There's always articles. I was reading an article, um, I think it was in the Daily Beast a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. about how a uh, Saudi royal, like, prince playboy situation had, like, OD'd. And was found dead in one of like the room, and because right. this is what they do, they, oh, yeah, they go like buy out these super baller mm-hmm. um, penthouse suites at hotels, party, drink, pour around, all of that, um, insane amounts of illegal drugs, and then they go back and put on their little uh, goofias, and uh, you know, yeah, it's I, it's cool. You yell at women for driving, and yeah. it's great. Right, uh, um, a few years ago. It, it was uh, like four, four or five years ago, I want to say, where a member of the royal family was in London, um, ended up murdering his manservant, and they said it was uh, sexually motivated. Basically, his manservant was his lover. He yeah. admitted to murdering him in cold blood, but refused to admit to the sexual relation because it's, it's better to be a murderer than gay. <laughs> in Saudi, basically, that's what it was. So it was really sad because it caught him on video, like beating him up in the elevator. He had, it was awful. And even when they had people come and testify, and one of the, it was a hotel worker who would come, um, they were, and he said, you know, they were, they acted like lovers, like they were trying on clothes and blah, blah, blah. And, and the guy was like, no, 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 what are you talking about? That's just my manservant. Like, yeah, yeah, I murdered awful. him, I stabbed him to death, but uh, I'm not gay. Awful. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, it's just such a fucked up society Society in general. And I mean, I feel like a lot of, uh, there are a lot of Wahhabis who would agree, be like, yeah, it is yeah. better to be a murderer and than gay. And that's just it, right? <laughs> like we say that ISIS is so wrong and that ISIS has, um, you know, completely bastardized Islam and taken, yeah, has but so relied on, or Saudi's justified. Saudi's been doing it for years, right? Exactly. You know, ISIS has justified their actions with religion Saudi's entire government, entire body of law is allegedly based on Islam, and if you look in the Quran, it's just not there. It's not there, It's yeah. just not there. It's not there. It's, um, really, really... I mean, what it, it, what it comes down to just greed. It comes down to money. That's what it is. That's why America's still allied with Saudi. That's why they haven't condemned them for the for the executions. That's why they they just signed an arms another arms deal. Like there's not much we can do at this point. They yeah. have the money. Yeah. They have. I think I think in the near future it's just going to get messier and bloodier because the new king in Saudi is kind of oh, trying yeah. to still find his footing. Was King Salman, right? One of one yeah. of the Salmans. I mean, yeah. they all. I think they have a cycle of names that they just kind of keep. Okay, like the Pope. Through. Yeah, um, you know, and I think he's just really trying to find his place and find his footing and make his mark and make his legacy. And he has a very different style of ruling than the previous king, and it's not going over so well mm-hmm. so far. Not no. going over so well. I don't um, really know because honestly, if if Saudi wanted to root out terrorism, they could have. It, it would only take Saudi. Hmm? They could stop being terrorists themselves first. Yeah, I, I mean that's the time. thing, right? That's basically what it is. Like if we, if they were as hardline as they say they are against terrorism mm-hmm. and Al Qaeda and ISIS and whatnot, they would could have all by themselves mm-hmm. alone could have stamped it out given their resources. But they profit from it. And I think they're our only real chance at doing it too, right? Because of their position in the Muslim world. Um, If they took a different approach to religion, it would carry over very well. It would, you know, translate very quickly and easily. And because they don't, um, we have all all these kingdoms, all these countries, all these societies following in their footsteps and i believe in my heart of hearts that it is so wrong i am so 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 wrong and not rooted in any shape or form of what the original message was intended to be um so i don't know that's (laughs) from that perspective it's really depressing and i don't know when it ends i don't know when it stops i don't know if it ends or stops short of like a massive nuclear world war i mean yeah uh, and the thing is like there is no comparable pa- world power in the muslim world at least right. that could challenge them in a meaningful way right. that has right. like the political backing right iran can sit there all day and ramp up their rhetoric and mm. expel Iran however many Saudi diplomats they want. They're such mean, a bunch of badasses. They don't have anything to lose, really. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. don't really give a shit. Yeah. 
at this point, they wouldn't have done it unless they had balls. And yeah. that's it. That takes and they, balls. And they always have. That's the thing. Like, yeah. even though they know that nobody's on their side. I mean, they're, they're crackpots as well. I'm not saying totally. I support Iran, right? Totally. Um, they have committed their own human rights violations. I mean, I mean, they would probably say thing. It's better to be a murderer than gay as well, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it just, it there isn't, there, it has to come from, like, this, I think it, it'll be have to be like a grassroots thing where moderate Muslims finally take a look at themselves and Saudi and are like, all right, this is not okay. And mm -hmm. it's it's happening slowly but surely. I think especially after all of the um, st stampedes and all this bullshit about them, all these vanity projects that they're they're starting. That now they're building the tallest building in the world, right? And now they have this the world's largest Isn't clock the we talked about before. In the world already there, like they have they're trying to beat their own record. It's all about money for them, right? And I think slowly people are just like, this is not what these sites were supposed to be about. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's and it's becoming more, and they're, and they're not even trying to hide it at this point. Like, why engage in these projects when you have people dying left and right because you don't have the proper infrastructure? You're... Not even for Hajj, but just for your everyday citizens, yeah. too. Like, if you're wealthy in Saudi and living in Saudi, you're good. Yeah. You got money. If you're an immigrant, you are, I wouldn't even say a second-class citizen. No, you're, you're a no-class citizen. Yeah. You have zero rights. Uh, and there was just, <laughs> there was just, uh, I mean, this has been happening. Um, there have been plenty of reports on this, but I just recently, today, saw an article about how someone was quoted as saying, every young man in Saudi watches porn. Yeah. And <laughs> just, like, it. it's all on the DL. Um, and they also, I, I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but there's also, um, like an underground, um, like homosexual community yeah. and they, they, op it's really crazy how they operate, but it's just well, it's, it's well known. It's like a well kept secret, a well known secret basically. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it, I don't know. I mean, it's just so people still make a life there right you still have to yeah. live your life you still have to do what you have to do it just happens in secret um yeah. which i feel like makes it that much easier to be corrupt because yeah. people are too scared to do anything about it yeah um and there isn't i don't see anything happening anytime soon unless muslims become super fed up yeah. And they're like, and they start putting actual pressure on Saudi, and by pressure I mean like economically, because that's but the only I way think, they'll respond. I think Muslim communities, and this is a very harsh and pessimistic view, and it's only because I'm very angry about it right now. Catch me on another day and I might have a slightly <laughs> more rosy outlook. Um, I think Muslim communities, to some extent, are just a microcosm of Saudi, right? So we talk about Saudi being assholes to 10 to 15% of their population, which is Shia. Um, Muslims in the West do no less, right? When I was at NYU and I was a freshman or a sophomore, um, there was a group of Shias who wanted to hold an event, and the um, leadership of the Muslim Students Association said no. And this is not in 1970. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, this is like 2004 ish. No. Um, that's not okay. No, um, right? Like, yeah. what is that for real? Um, even is... now, sorry. Even yeah. now, uh, there's so much 
divisiveness and so much tension between, you know, Sunnis and Ismailis or, you know, Shias and Ahmadis or whatever it may be, all these different sects, all these different races, that's still a problem. That's Mm -hmm. still a conversation. That's a good point. Women working, that's still, you know, like women getting graduate degrees, that's still a problem. So I think to some extent, it's not going to change until we realize that so much of our society just reflects what Saudi has managed to canonize in a body of law. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's why I, I, that's why I say it has to be a grassroots thing. Yeah. Um, and that's going to take, I think, a long... Uh, maybe it won't take that long, but it's definitely going to happen with this generation, I don't think. I think people are becoming more aware. I think there yeah. is some more... I, I think people are starting to hold them more accountable for their actions. Yeah. I, I, I feel like as... A, a, at least my peers, we wouldn't be just having this conversation if Agreed. we didn't feel this way, right? Agreed. Or uh, there wasn't a shift in yeah. um, thinking. But, but and I will say, everybody I speak to kind of agrees. And yeah. it's like, yeah, what the fuck, Saudi? Right, right. <laughs> what are y'all doing? But, uh, and we're not really, as we're like young professionals, but we're not making yeah. any laws or like yeah, yeah. in a position to actually affect any change yet, at yeah. the very least. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, Rutgers was very famous for what happened when I was there, which was basically the Muslim Student Association ended up splitting because pretty much the Islamic society there, the president or the the cabinet itself had become really Wahhabi, had become very fundamental, um, made some incredibly disparaging remarks about Shias. And so uh, the Shias in the, in the Muslim community at Rutgers became really annoyed and decided to start their own more progressive, more liberal, um, I mean, by, it became the more progressive liberal uh, Muslim association just by way of being more inclusive because yeah. they're like, all right, you know, tolerant this. Yeah, like, <laughs> that thing that's antithetical to obviously. Right. Um, and so it wasn't until I think, so that was going on for about three years. So basically Rutgers was funding two Muslim organizations because mm-hmm. Wahhabis were because we couldn't play nice. We couldn't. They couldn't play nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after a while, they're like, okay, we can't justify yeah. funding two organizations. Y'all need to work something out. So yeah. then it was like, all right, we'll have co-presidents, one super fundo one and one liberal one, and try to work this shit out. Yeah. But uh, I remember we were very well known. I remember one to like Stony Brook, and they're like, oh yeah, I heard about your MSA. Yeah. We we really want. And my cousin was telling me she was like. Um, that she was at the MSA and they were having some issues. I think it was part of part of that was a kind of like you know their difference in belief systems, and they were like, "Listen, guys, we need to work this out. We don't want to end up like Rutgers." So like, it was like something people talked about because it was such a fucked up situation. No, but I think that's how it should be, right? I think we should force ourselves to like co-parent right. our societies, yeah. Yeah. right? I don't see why there should be in one community, like I live in Central Jersey, we have a lot of Shias, we have a lot of Sunnis, and we have our own institutions, and I don't see why that should be. Mm-hmm. Why? We're, like, if I can hang with you socially, if you can invite me to your, like, son's wedding or to this dolky, or if we can do, like, events together, then why can't we pray next to each other? Why can't we listen to the same lectures? Like, is it not the same religion? Are we not learning the same basic universal human values of, like, be good to each other? Be yeah, good to your but community? That's, be good? That, I think, might be a bit esoteric. <laughs> I think it's beyond the grasp of those people who follow it blindly. 
But I think that's the only workable solution, right? Oh, yeah, I think absolutely. Unless you get to that point, if you keep isolating yourself and keep like putting yourself in these little corners of, okay, here's my Sunni corner and here's my Pakistani Shia corner and here's my Indian Shia corner, yeah. then like, fuck it, we don't stand a chance. We don't. Yeah, I, that's, I think that com- part of it comes from being 1.67 billion right yeah. it's just it's incredibly diverse not one person practices the same way yeah. um and every you know everybody comes from different it's just it's so it's hard it's hard to get people to realize the commonalities i think people it's much yeah. more it's much easier to look at the differences yeah. and it's much easier to get people to rally around those differences yeah agreed should we wrap this up before I start crying? Yeah. Yes. So what's the moral of this story? I mean, I think the moral of the story always has been and always will be, like, fucking stop it, Saudi. Stop yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think part of it. of it is just, like, if you're if you're a Muslim, if you're a Muslim and you believe in tolerance and humanity in general, just some yeah. fucking humanity, yeah. Then really take a look, look good, hard look at Saudi, yeah. and really and think about whether you want to support that. Government. And take a good hard look at yourself and your communities and right. the way in which, like we live here, right? We can't hate on Saudis for um, the sectarian divide and for these human rights violations if we can't be good to each other in our communities, if we can't be good to our divorced women, if we can't be good Mm -hmm. to people of other sects, if we can't be good to our women and uplift them, like, then really you're in no place to talk about Saudi. Yeah, and it's such a small change, too. It's, is it, I hope it's not that hard for you to be nice to people, right? I hope it's not that hard, not that, it's it's not like a departure from the way you operate every, in your everyday life. To just be a little bit nicer. Yeah. And let's also, like, completely get rid of this concept that any religion requires you to leave behind your critical thinking. Yeah. Because that, right, it just doesn't reconcile. It doesn't reconcile. There is no blind faith. Why you have reason and logic. Why, if you believe that God gave you these abilities... Why would he not want you to exercise them? If you them? believe in a God and a yeah. God that has the perfect plan, that perfect right. plan involves the creation of you with this brain that hopefully functions yeah. on most days. Let's yeah. use it. Let's yeah. use it. Uh, um, so that was our take on weird shit. We forgot to do our tagline. Oh, so that was our take on we, weird shit. Did we introduce ourselves even? No, we didn't even introduce <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to episode 14. <laughs> My name's Mac. <laughs> This is Faiza. <laughs> um, on a serious note, um, it has only been four or five months, and it's not a long time in the podcasting world, but I think this was definitely a passion project for both Faiza and I, and we're so happy that we actually did it, and we're so happy that it resonates with some of you guys. So seriously, there, thank yeah. you so much for uh, listening and mm-hmm. supporting us and just effing with us in general, whether you agree with us or not. Um, it's been really, really cool to do this for the past couple months, and we're really excited to keep doing it. Yeah, um, and we're excited. Sound I mean, we, issues permitting. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. We'll figure that out. Oh, by the way, um, shout out to, um, oh my gosh, where's his info? But we uh, we have a new sound ed- editor, Gorlan, yeah. who's going to be helping us uh, 
fix our editing Life. sound issues. <laughs> Basically, our fucking lives, yes. So shout out to him for helping us. Um, hopefully, he'll be able to make sense of this because we had some technical issues. But yeah. we'll figure it out. And we've got some cool stuff coming your way. We have a guest for our next episode. Yep. Um, Shima, aka Beauty and the Feast, aka editor of editor at Allure. Um, and so look out for that. And I'm on Instagram. I'm at the Cold Shoulder Cat on Twitter. I am Cold Shoulder Cat. Um, what else do I have? Uh, my blog, which I'll be posting to hopefully this week, is the Cold Shoulder Cat at what is it? No, the Cold Shoulder Cat dot WordPress dot org or dot com. Well, whatever. Just the Cold Shoulder. Just Google just the Cold Shoulder me. Cat. Yeah. Just find me. Just somewhere. find me somewhere. Um, on Instagram, I'm Mehek Jamil, and on Twitter, I'm Nisi. Um, and I think that's it. Thanks for listening, you guys. We'll, we'll see you see all you two weeks Yep. Alrighty. Sounds okay. good. Bye-bye.